السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم اهدي قلبي وسدد لساني وسلد سخيمة قلبي آمين يا رب العالمين Today, inshallah, very briefly, we're going to look at the next topic with Bukhari, inshallah. Kitab al-Jana'iz, we will begin from Bab number 79. Bab number 79. Bab, إِذَا أَسْلَمَ الصَّبِيُّ فَمَاتَ هَلْ يُصَلَّى عَلَيْهِ وَهَلْ يُعْرَضُ عَلَى الصَّبِيِّ الْإِسْلَامِ Bab chapter heading إِذَا أَسْلَمَ الصَّبِيُّ When a child accepts Islam فَمَاتَ And then after accepting Islam, he dies. هَلْ يُصَلَّى عَلَيْهِ Is the prayer said over him? Which prayer? صَلَاةُ الْجَنَازَةِ وَهَلْ يُعْرَضُ عَلَى الصَّبِيِّ الْإِسْلَامِ And should Islam even be presented to a child? So there's two questions over here. The first is that if a child accepts Islam and if that child dies, then when he dies, should Salatul Janazah be performed on him? And why is that a question? Because a child, if you think about it, is not mukallaf. Mukallaf is who? Someone who is obligated to follow the laws of Islam. If they follow the laws of Islam, then they're rewarded. And if they do not follow the laws of Islam, then there is punishment for them. But a child is not mukallaf. A child is غير mukallaf. He's not obligated. Sins are not recorded for a child. So, Salatul Janazah, you pray. Why? Because you're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive the deceased person. Isn't it? Now, you ask for forgiveness for them because they may have committed sins. But for a child, sins are not recorded. You understand? So then, should Salatul Janazah be performed for a child? That's one question. And the other question is, that وَهَلْ يُعْرَضُ عَلَى الصَّبِيِّ الْإِسْلَامِ If there is a child from a non-Muslim family, should Islam even be presented to him? Meaning, should you do da'wah to a child? Alright, this is the question. وَقَالَ الْحَسَنُ وَشُرَيْحٌ وَإِبْرَاهِيمُ وَقَتَادَةُ you see these names over here? Hassan, Shuraih, Ibrahim, Qatada, Tabi'un. They said, إِذَا أَسْلَمَ أَحَدُهُمَا فَالْوَلَدُ مَعَ الْمُسْلِمِ They said that when one of them becomes Muslim, then the child is with the Muslim. One of who? One of the parents. So if, for example, if the father becomes a Muslim, the mother is not a Muslim, then the child will be considered a Muslim. If the mother becomes a Muslim and the father does not become a Muslim, then the child will be considered a Muslim. Because even if one of them accepts Islam, then the child will be with the Muslim. وَكَانَ ابْنُ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا مَعَ أُمِّهِ مِنَ الْمُسْتَضْعَفِينَ Ibn Abbas رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ was with his mother amongst the mustad'afin, amongst the oppressed people. Where? In Mecca. Because remember that the mother of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, who was she? Any idea? Ummul Fadl. 
Alright? Umul Fadl, she was of course the wife of Abbas radiallahu anhu. But remember that, and it is said that Umul Fadl was actually the second woman to embrace Islam after Khadija radiallahu anha. But she concealed her Islam from the people. Why? Because of course it wasn't easy to embrace Islam at that time. So she concealed her Islam. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, while he was still a child, he accepted Islam with his mother, but this was not known to people. This is the reason why the ayah which mentions the mustad'afina min ar-rijali wal-nisa'i wal-wildan, the oppressed people from amongst the men, the women, and children. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said about that ayah, that I and my mother were amongst the oppressed people in Makkah. Oppressed, weak, meaning we were not able to openly declare our Islam or openly practice it. And we learned that Abbas radiallahu anhu, at the Battle of Badr, in fact, he came from the side of the mushrikeen in order to fight the Muslims. He was kind of forced into that. And the Prophet ﷺ had instructed the Muslims that if they were to see Abbas anhu, they should not fight him. Because he had been forced to come. And Abbas anhu was one of the last people to migrate to Medina. Meaning just before the Prophet ﷺ left Medina in order to go conquer Makkah, Abbas anhu joined him with his family. So the point over here is that Ibn Abbas anhu was with his mother amongst the oppressed people وَلَمْ يَكُنْ مَعَ أَبِيهِ عَلَى دِينِ قَوْمِهِ The Islam of Ummul Fadl is well known. The Islam of Abbas radiallahu anhu is a little debated. I mean, it's debated as to when exactly he converted to Islam. However, Ummul Fadl had accepted Islam from the very beginning. So we see that if Abbas radiallahu anhu embraced Islam much later and Ummul Fadl embraced Islam much earlier, alright, their son, Ibn Abbas, was considered who? A Muslim. Why? Because of the Islam of the mother. وَقَالَ الْإِسْلَامُ يَعْلُوا وَلَا يُعْلَى And he said Islam is superior and nothing is superior to it. Meaning, here it cannot be said, well, it's the father, you know, who's the head of the family, so if he's not Muslim, even if the mother is Muslim, the Islam of the children is not acceptable because the father's status is greater. No, no. There is no debate over here as to whose status is greater. The status that's greater here is the status of the Muslim, whether it's the mother or the father. A child is considered a child until he reaches the age of puberty. Okay, After puberty, it's no longer a child. He's supposed to be an adult, or at least trained to become an adult. حدثنا عبدان أخبرنا عبد الله عن يونس عن الزهري قال أخبرني سالم بن عبد الله أن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما أخبره أن عمر انطلق مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم So Ibn Umar رضي الله عنه reported that Umar, his father رضي الله عنه انطلق مع النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم He went with the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم في رهط in a group. Qibala towards Ibn Sayyad Ibn Sayyad. So Umar radiallahu anhu went with the Prophet amongst some other people. So as a group, they went to who? They went to Ibn Sayyad. Ibn Sayyad is a person. Hatta wajaduhu yal'abu ma'as Until they found him 
meaning Ibn Sayyad, playing with children. In the Utumi Bani Magala. In the fortress of the Banu Magala. So there was this fortress of Banu Mughala, a people. And near their fortresses, who was playing? Ibn Sayyad was playing with some children. وَقَدْ قَارَبَ ابْنُ صَيَّادٍ And at this time, Ibn Sayyad had nearly reached al-hulum, puberty. So Ibn Sayyad is who? A child still, almost reaching puberty at this point in time. فَلَمْ يَشْعُرْ حَتَّى ضَرَبَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بِيَدِهِ and he did not notice them, meaning Ibn Sayyad did not notice the Prophet ﷺ and the companions until the Prophet ﷺ struck him or rather patted him with his hand. Meaning when the Prophet ﷺ touched him with his hand, all right, patted him with his hand, then Ibn Sayyad saw the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. ثُمَّ قَالَ لِبْنِ صَيَّادِ Then the Prophet ﷺ said to Ibn Sayyad, تَشْهَدُ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Do you testify that I am the Messenger of Allah? فَنَظَرَ إِلَيْهِ ibn صَيَّادِ So Ibn Sayyad looked at him, فَقَالَ And he said, أَشْهَدُ أَنَّكَ رَسُولُ الْأُمِّيِّينَ I testify that you are a messenger to the unlettered people meaning to the Arabs. And why did he say this? Because Ibn Sayyad was a Jewish boy. Okay, So he was from the people of the book. And he said to the Prophet ﷺ that I testify that you are a prophet to the Arabs. Not to me, so I don't believe in you. But you are a prophet to the Arabs. فَقَالَ ابْنُ صَيَّادٍ لِلنَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Then... Ibn Sayyad said to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Atashhadu anni Rasulullah? Do you testify that I am the Messenger of Allah?" Who's saying this? Ibn Sayyad. He's saying this to who? To the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Do you testify that I am the Messenger of Allah? Is it clear? You understand what's happening? Okay. أَتَشْهَدُ أَنِّي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فَرَفَضَهُ وَقَالَ آمَنْتُ بِاللَّهِ وَبِرُسُولِهِ So the Prophet ﷺ left him and he said, I have believed in Allah and His messengers. Meaning I believe in Allah and I believe in all of His messengers. فَقَالَ لَهُ مَاذَا تَرَى Then he asked him, what do you think? قَالَ ابْنُ صَيَّادٍ يَأْتِينِي صَادِقٌ وَكَاذِبٌ Ibn Sayyad said, both truthful people and liars come to me. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, خُلِّطَ عَلَيْكَ الْأَمْرِ That you are in a state of confusion. خُلِّطَ It has been mixed up. عَلَيْكَ on you الْأَمْرِ The matter. Meaning you are in confusion. ثُمَّ قَالَ لَهُ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم Then the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to him, إِنِّي قَدْ خَبَأْتُ لَكَ خَبِيئًا I am concealing something from you. قَالَ ابْنُ صَيَّادٍ هُوَ الدُّخُ So Ibn Sayyad said, it is smoke. Meaning what you're hiding from me is smoke. فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, إِخْسَأْ What does إِخْسَأْ mean? Get away. Like It's like in, in English a person would say, shut up. 
You will never reach your qadr. What that means is, don't go too far. Don't exceed your limit. فَقَالَ عُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ So Umar رضي الله عنه said, دَعْنِي يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Leave me, O Messenger of Allah, أَضْرِبْ عُنُقَهُ I will strike his neck. Meaning, allow me to finish him. فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, إِنْ يَكُنْهُ فَلَنْ تُسَلَّطَ عَلَيْهِ If it is really him, then you will never be able to have power over him. وَإِن لَمْ يَكُنْهُ and if it is not him, فَلَا خَيْرَ لَكَ فِي قَتْلِهِ Then there is no good, no benefit for you in killing him. Now what exactly is going on over here? Right? It's a little confusing. The thing is that Ibn Sayyad was a Jewish boy. He was a boy from the, from the people of the book who lived in Medina. And at the point of adolescence, meaning as he was reaching puberty, he claimed to be a prophet. Which is why he asked the Prophet ﷺ, do you testify that I am the messenger of Allah? And he also claimed knowledge of the unseen. He would say that he had the knowledge of the unseen, which is why the Prophet ﷺ said to him, I'm concealing something from you. So what is that? Right? And Ibn Sayyad said, it is smoke. That you're thinking of smoke, and that's what you're trying to hide in your heart right now. So... This is what it is. And the Prophet ﷺ said, just be quiet, you know. This is just, you're just making things up. So, he claimed knowledge of the unseen. But the thing is that Ibn Sayyad did show strange signs. Strange signs that resembled those of Dajjal. Which is why the Prophet ﷺ thought that Ibn Sayyad might be Dajjal. And remember that Dajjal is who? A liar. Kadhab. Isn't it? Greatest liar. And the Prophet ﷺ did warn us that there will be many Dajjals. And what he meant by those many Dajjals are who? Liars who would claim to be prophets. And then of course there is the actual Dajjal also. So we see that the Prophet ﷺ went to Ibn Sayyad, confronted him, asked him questions. All right, Why? In order to see if Ibn Sayyad was the Jal or what. You understand? Now you might say, why did the Prophet ﷺ do that? This shows us many benefits. First of all, it shows that the Prophet ﷺ himself did not have knowledge of the unseen. Whatever knowledge he had, he was given that knowledge by Allah through revelation. He did not have knowledge of the unseen. If he had knowledge of the unseen, he would know immediately about Ibn Sayyad as to who Ibn Sayyad was. A child who is lying, someone who has some psychological condition, or really someone to whom shayateen speak to, like what is he? The Prophet ﷺ would have known right away. But he didn't. He had to do his research. And the reason why the Prophet ﷺ went and spoke to Ibn Sayyad, not just at this occasion, but at other occasions also, it is because Ibn Sayyad claimed knowledge of the unseen. And when anybody claims knowledge of the unseen, people get very impressed by him. Isn't it? People start listening to him. Correct? Especially in societies where people are not very literate, 
you know, person claims knowledge of the unseen, and anything that happens, people run to him. Who stole my chicken and who stole my goat and who am I going to marry and who's done magic? Things like that. And people make great business out of this. So because Ibn Sayyad was claiming knowledge of the unseen and he was also claiming to be a prophet and he was saying confusing things about the Prophet ﷺ, this was going to create fitna amongst the people. People's iman was at risk. And this is the reason why the Prophet ﷺ went and spoke to Ibn Sayyad to remove the doubts of people so that the reality of Ibn Sayyad would become known. And we also learned that when some other people also, when they claimed to be prophets, like for example, Musaylim al-Kadhab, he came to Medina in order to even speak to the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ went and spoke with him. And then he didn't really honor him with any responses. In fact, he appointed one of the companions to respond to that liar. But it shows us that these conversations are sometimes important so that the truth is made clear to people. You cannot let liars speak and speak and speak without clarifying the truth. It doesn't mean that on every little thing we start presenting clarifications, but on major things where people's iman is at risk, then clarifications must be made so that people's iman is saved. All right? And this is the reason why the Prophet ﷺ went and spoke to Ibn Sayyad. And also because Ibn Sayyad was spreading lies about the Prophet ﷺ. So the truth had to be made clear. Now, we see over here that Ibn Sayyad was not able to tell what was in the heart of the Prophet ﷺ. Isn't it? And from that, the Prophet ﷺ knew that he's a liar. He's not actually the Dajjal. The Dajjal is also a liar, but this kid was not a liar. Now the interesting thing about Ibn Sayyad is that later on, when he grew up, he actually accepted Islam. He did Tawbah, and he even performed Hajj. He did Tawbah, he repented, he believed, he did Hajj later on in his life. Now we see that Umar radiallahu anhu he asked the Prophet ﷺ, allow me to kill Ibn Sayyad. Why did he do that? Because he did not like the way in which Ibn Sayyad was speaking to the Prophet ﷺ and disrespecting him and creating confusion amongst the people. And the Prophet ﷺ said that if it is really him, really him as in the Jal, then you will never be able to have power over him, meaning you won't be able to kill him. And if it is not the Dajjal, if he's not the Dajjal, then there is no benefit that you will get by killing him. And this teaches a very important lesson. That if there is something that you can really conquer, then okay, then go and fight it or confront it or, or deal with it. And if you know that you can't do it, then remain silent. So why does Imam Bukhari bring this hadith over here? What was the chapter heading? Presenting Islam to a child. So in this hadith it's mentioned very clearly about how Ibn Sayyad had not yet reached puberty, he had nearly reached puberty. And when the Prophet ﷺ went to him, he asked him, do you testify that I am the messenger of Allah? So he presented Islam to him. Clear? You understand why this hadith is coming? 
Why is this hadith coming in Kitab al-Janaiz? Why is this issue being discussed in Kitab al-Janaiz? That if you see a child near death, about to die, should you present Islam to him? Hmm? Or should you say, oh, it doesn't matter because he's a child. What does he know about God? So this bab, what does it show? That even a child offer Islam to the child. The next hadith, وَقَالَ سَالِمٌ سَمِعْتُ بْنَ عُمَرَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا Salim said that I heard Ibn Umar رضي الله عنه يقول, he was saying that انطلَقَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَأُبَيُّ بْنُ كَعْبٍ إِلَى النَّخْلِ That the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and Ubay ibn Ka'b went to the Nakhl. Nakhl is date palm and what is meant by a Nakhl over here is an orchard where there are date palms. After this, after this, what it means is after this incident. So one was this incident. Later on, at another time, the Prophet ﷺ went to the orchard, التي فيها ابن صياد, in which was Ibn Sayyad. يَخْتِلُ أَنْ يَسْمَعَ مِنْ ابْنِ صَيَّادٍ شَيْئًا and the Prophet ﷺ went there because he wanted to hear something from Ibn Sayyad. He wanted to know what exactly Ibn Sayyad was saying. But he wanted to hear him قَبْلَ أَنْ يَرَاهُ ابْنُ صَيَّادٍ Before Ibn Sayyad would see the Prophet ﷺ. So basically the Prophet ﷺ did not go openly. He went in a way, secretly, and this was an open place, meaning it was a public place, so the Prophet ﷺ went there to know what exactly Ibn Sayyad is saying. He wanted to hear himself. What exactly does he talk about? فَرَآهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَهُوَ مُطَّجِعٌ The Prophet ﷺ saw him, and Ibn Sayyad was lying down. يَعْنِي فِي قَطِيفَةٍ لَهُ فِيهَا رَمْزَةٌ أَوْ زَمْرَةٌ Covered by a sheet, meaning Ibn Sayyad was lying down, covered by a sheet, from which was coming a Ramza or a Zamra. What is this Ramza or Zamra? It's a murmuring sound. Or you could say the sound that comes from the chest, like if a person is breathing heavily, you know, if a person is stuffy, right? Then wheezing, that kind of sound. فَرَأَتْ أُمُّ بْنِ صَيَّادٍ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ So the mother of Ibn Sayyad saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم وَهُوَ يَتَّقِي بِجُذُوعِ النَّخْلِ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was concealing himself among the palm trunks. فَقَالَتْ لِبْنِ صَيَّادٍ يَا صَاف So she said to Ibn Sayyad, O Saf. Saf as in, it's like a nickname almost. وَهُوَ اسْمُ إِبْنِ صَيَّادٍ That was the name of Ibn Sayyad. هَذَا مُحَمَّدٌ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ She warned him that this is Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم فَثَارَ بْنُ صَيَّادٍ فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم So Ibn Sayyad got up and the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لَوْ تَرَكَتْهُ بَيَّنَا If she had left him, it would have been clear. Then I would have heard what exactly was going on because he only heard the sound of wheezing or heavy breathing, murmuring but he couldn't make out exactly what that sound was or what Ibn Sayyad was saying. 
وقال شعيب في حديثه فرفصه رمره او زمزمه وقال اسحاق الكلبي وعقيل رمرمه وقال معمر رمزه there is different narrations with slight changing of the spelling all of these words basically convey the same meaning about what kind of sound was coming from the chest of ibn sayyad now what this shows us again is that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam wanted to know exactly what ibn sayyad was saying Right? Is it that the shayateen are talking to him? What is he doing? Is he just making things up? Or really the shayateen are coming to him? And if they're coming to him, what exactly is going on? And we discussed as to why the Prophet ﷺ wanted to do that. 